Hey there, I'm Jamie Wildgoose. And I'm Austin Webb. And welcome to our podcast, where we put a little queer in your ears. Wait, is that beer? Welcome back. Are we ready? I don't think we're ready. I don't know if anyone's ready. Are you guys ready for this jelly? If we had a camera up right now, people would be like, oh no. Well, you look put together. I, I literally like I just, just washed my hair. <laughs> That's it? I was like... Because it was 9.45 and Andrew was like, you're going to record, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to wash my hair. Did the birds leave your hair that were living there? Actually, I take them out fully so I can wash it. And then I put them back in so they have a fresh nest every single time. That's hot. Oh. That's so hot. Okay, well, welcome back. Uh, it's 2023. I can't believe we made it. I can't either. I fully thought I would perish. We probably missed an opportunity by not doing some sort of, like, game for, like, recapping the the old year. You know what I mean? You don't think it matters? I don't think it matters. Okay. That's a good point, but... I'm not a mainstream podcaster. I'm a gay podcaster. We're, um, against the grain. We're alts. Um, send the trends. This is Gays on Tap. You're listening to Queers on Queers on Your Ears. Oh God, it's gonna be one of those shows, everybody. All right. Well, Jamie, I think. Do you want to pop the bub the bubbly? Oh, it's your house. It's your honors. Okay, so I'm gonna actually throw the bottle at the wall. Um, yeah. This is for God and for the gays. Alcoholism. Are you ready? It didn't pop. It's so disappointing. That's you know what, and it is room temperature too. Do you think it? This is so hard. You guys have no idea how hard it is to be an independent recording studio in your house. Just the production costs alone are astronomical. That's true. Does anybody want to buy an old microphone from us? By the way. (laughs) Sorry, dude. Oh, I bet that sounds so stunning in it. Oh, I'm gonna cream. This was a good year. I'm just kidding. I I hated 2022 so incredibly much, but at least the queen died, so we got one good thing out of it. Also, I guess um, Donald Trump is closer to going to jail. I'll drink to that, bitch. Hopefully, maybe. I don't. I didn't have real orange juice. I only had blood orange juice. I have to leave. Goodbye. Clinks, beach. Okay, gay, gay on gays on tap. This is where we talk about whatever we want to because it's our show, not yours. Copyrighted. <laughs> and Jamie, are you going to introduce the question today? I will. So since it's a new year and everyone's probably either returning to work this week or next week, the question is uncontrollable gas for the month or wet yourself at work? This one's easy for me. Wet myself at work. Here's why. It gives you um, tough points, you know, like tough cred at work, street cred. Because if you pee your pants and walk around and be like, sup, John, and don't acknowledge the fact that you peed your pants, imagine how much power you're going to have around the office. I also feel like you work at a place where that would assert your dominance over everyone else. You're wrong, though, because at a vet clinic, you get peed on all the time. So it's like, is it your pee or the dog's pee? You don't know. You never really know. True. You could literally get up from your desk and be like, a dog peed on me. Yeah. A dog shit in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Which has happened to me before. Okay, so I... This is going to be gross, but I think I'm going to go with the uncontrollable gas for a month, and I'll tell you why. So, <laughs> please. I grew up watching Ned's Classified School Survival Guide, and there was a gentleman- Are you going to talk about Toot Toot, kid? Yeah, Timmy Toot Toot. 
Timmy Tutu? Does that was that his name? Yeah, it was fully, and he would go. I just remember that part. But for me, I like I wouldn't like people wouldn't want to be around me, Mm -hmm. and then I could just have solace for a month. Wow, you know you can just go home and not leave your room. True, you don't have to gas everyone out. Come on, Pumbaa. No. Oh, my God. Okay, that was easy. That wasn't even hard. But uncontrollable gas comes with, like, gas pains, which is terrifying to me. No, actually, no, it doesn't because it's uncontrollable. So it, you just let it, you let it go. Yeah, but it's still going to have to build up in there. Have you ever farted so hard that it hurt your butt, your butthole? I don't think so. Because it, like, slapped actually, out of there so actually, sharply. Yeah. It was like, and it, like, hurt. <laughs> Has anyone, everyone, like and subscribe, comment below if you've ever sharded so hard. This is also way TMI. Probably cut this out. But when leave I was leave it in. when I was growing up, I had bunk beds. So like some nights I would sleep on the top and some nights I'd sleep on the bottom. And oh, like, he's verse. With the mattresses, sometimes I would fart and it would like echo in the mattress. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that was a good one. Your poor mother. Oh, my God. She was on the first floor. She did not hear that shit. I'm sure she could hear it. If it's reverberating through your bed, I'm sure the whole house caught wind of it. Full. You know, earthquake, 4.3 magnum quake. Not the magnum quake. (laughs) Magnum quake is a good porn The magnum quake. (laughs) Okay, I love it. Well, thanks for joining us. That's uncontrollable guests and pissing yourself. We are the highest, browest comedic content ever. Sponsor. Cheers, bitch. Cheers to a new year. Y'all stay. Don't die out there. Well, hey there, it's Jamie. And it's Austin. And welcome back to another episode of Queers in Your Ears. We are the Queers in Your Ears. Welcome back. Say it one more time. Welcome. I back. love it. We're This is the first official recording of 2023. Um, we have already broken our dry January goals by starting this morning with some mimosas, leftover champs. It's not champagne. It's, um, it's sparkling, sparkling wine. And, uh... We're kind of just breaking into the new year, I think, slow and steady. Yeah, because sometimes you can just get hit real hard. Some And that, sometimes that's a good thing, but then sometimes it's not a good thing. But also, I this year I think I appreciate it more because I had more of a break. So, like, yesterday we reset. Like, we took all the Christmas decorations down, mm-hmm. folded laundry. I didn't do a wash because I know that's bad luck. Unloaded the dishwasher. I cleaned my fucking house yesterday. Yeah, you've been having a lot of people up in here, girl. I know. Our floors are sticky still. Even though we mopped yesterday, they're Just still all sticky. The cum, all the yeah. group come. It was a good orgy. I'm not going to lie. Well, um, Jamie, speaking of orgies. <laughs> you mean the clergy? Yes. I had a clergy once. Um, I really love the topic of religion. I think it's a good year or a good way to start that off um, in the new year. Just because why not? We're. I think in the past, I'll speak for myself, not for the, the podcast as a whole. But I've been nervous to do more scandalous topics because I and it's weird for me. I love Escandalo. It's like our blood life, right? We're, we're gay. Um, but I also don't want to like start conversations that I don't feel like getting into. And I feel like religion is something that comes up all the time when you're gay, all the time when you live in the South. So I, I was kind of always nervous to do and ask people about religion. Um, but now in the new year, I'm a dirty, nasty bitch and I'm going to just talk whatever, I, I don't care. I'm going to bring up any topic. I think we're going to be a little more taboo, aren't we, Jamie? Definitely. I also think 
in talking about religion, there's always that apprehension that you might offend somebody. But the reason we're bringing these topics up is to talk about it and get a deeper understanding. Because for myself, I know I grew up in the church. I know you also grew up in the church. No, you did not grow up in the church. I grew up church adjacent. I got a a privilege. I'm not trying to interrupt, but as a gay Southerner whose parents are mostly like atheist and agnostic, I got to look at it directly. Like all my neighbors were super religious. I went to church with multiples of my friends and was in the church for parts of my family. So I'm kind of like a weird black sheep wherein I had one foot in and one foot out, but I would never claim the church whatsoever. I was never baptized either. Um, I came close to being baptized and I went to church camp for two years in 2006 and 2007 in um, Georgia. I hope they write me like an NDA. Like they send me like a do not, uh, you know what it's called? Um, Like a cease and desist. I think you have to name them first. Camp Inagehi. They still exist. I'm pretty sure. I think they still have a website. Um, But I was never baptized. So I have, I want to let you know that I am an expert, but not a firsthand witness. So I think Jamie would be more of our like expert witness this, this go around, but I have a very jaded and I think myopic view of religion just because I'm a, I'm a mean little gay. I, I'm, I don't think it's necessarily that you're mean. I think it's... Um, oh, thanks. She's like, you are mean, but that's not the reason. I think it's more of like, you're not drinking the Kool-Aid, or it no longer has anything to offer you. Yeah, and, and I will better, get, I will get to that later um, in my presentation for this episode, so I'm very excited about that. Because definitely, like, so my mom was raised Catholic, my dad was raised Episcopalian, so my Episcopalians are a less... Uh, strict version of Catholics. So when my parents got married, my mom then became an Episcopalian. I grew up in the Episcopalian church. I believe I was baptized and all that stuff. And I was in the church up until I was a sophomore in high school. And I just didn't like what it stood for. I didn't like the way people were gossiping. It, it just it just got nasty, especially when my parents got divorced. It was kind of like everyone was trying to pry into my mom's business. And that's none of their business. Correct. She can handle it. And she's a boss ass bitch. I mean, that says a lot about the... I mean, I think that's why my parents... Like, my mom is at least agnostic. I think she's still spiritual or religious, but my dad, I think, is full atheist. <laughs> and I think a lot of it was because of that. Like, my parents can't handle that social bullshit, and that's what it is to me, and that's what, like, the church in the South means to me. Um, and I'm saying all this because I brought up the fact that I was nervous to talk about it because now I feel it's more of, like, I'm not going against religion to spite religion, but I'm interested in religion in a human way because I think in the LGBTQ community, we're dehumanized. So it's, and and I think that happens like subversively, even within the community, like we also tend to dehumanize some of our like community members, but just because they are religious, does it make them crazy? Or, I mean, maybe it's brainwashed, but um, we'll get to that too. But I think it's just to say, like, I'm interested in religion in in the scope of the LGBTQIA, um, like, viewpoint, because they are our family. And I know it's important to so many people. And I did a little research, and I was shocked to find how many, like, LGBTQ people self-identify as religious, um, as opposed to spiritual or vice versa, which I'm, you know, I'm trying to be nicer to people in the new year. I think it's harder to step away from something that you grew up in versus mm-hmm. uh, switching over to something else. So I'm not surprised that a lot of LGBTQ people identify as religious because if you also think about their backgrounds. But I am also curious to learn about it because 
as someone who is not in the church or not, you know, I would say I'm more spiritual than religious. religious. Um, I, I want to more understand the connection that people have and like see what religion offers them just to have a better understanding. And I can be a better friend to people who are in the church. Well, that's interesting because, so I want to start off with a little background for all of our listeners. We're both very gay. I grew up in the South. Jamie grew up predominantly in the North, what we would consider the North. Wouldn't you say, Jamie? Yes. Rhode okay. Island, Connecticut. For okay. Y'all. Very Northern. Um, but I think what makes us a complete pair for this, for this episode is that you grew up religious, religiously in the North. Uh, would you say that the North has less of a religious viewpoint than the South does, like overall culturally? Like, how often do you encounter religion just randomly on the streets of Rhode Island and Connecticut? Any interaction I think I've had would be more along the lines of, like, people having cross or, like, the Virgin Mary in their yard or, you know, wearing, like, the cross necklace versus, I think, you know, having experiences here and listening to experiences that my mom has had in the state of Georgia, it's much more prominent of a of an everyday thing like people will say if they've had a small interaction with you god bless you or like may the lord shine favor on you that's my point that's why i bring it up so definitely it's more apparent i think i don't know i think in the north people are more sectionalized to be like okay if um if religion isn't their thing i'm not necessarily going to pester them here like another thing i've noticed here is the people that stand out with the signs the yeah, what is that called? They have, like, pamphlets. They're, like, in the black things with the pamphlets. Um, are you talking just about Jehovah's Witnesses? Are those Jehovah's Witnesses? Because they say about Jesus. Or is it Latter-day Saints? Is I it think the, it's the Church is it of Latter-day LDS? Saints. Yeah. They stand out there, and, like, is, if people pass by, they will, like, approach them and talk about it. And they that's do. I've never seen that in the North. It's so crazy here. I mean, most of what we're going to talk about today is not necessarily being queer and religious in the South, but I think there is a high intersect of religion here in the South. So that's why I'm, I I think we have to talk about it. Um, That said everything that I wanted to say, though, like, I think in the South, you you encounter religion much more organically, whether or not you want to, (laughs) um, all the time. There's billboards everywhere. There's a church on every corner, um, you know. At the farmer's market, there's always a booth for the JW and for the LDS. So, like, it's insane here. Um, And it doesn't change the fact that queer people exist. So there's an overlap there. Um, And since we're talking about religion, we've polled a few people online as well. Um, Not a lot, but you know who you are. We appreciate you (laughs) for answering our polls. Um, And we're going to get, like, some very good perspective of people who are queer and religious. And I just put together some data so I can lead us into the episode. Um, Jamie, you sit back, relax. I'm trying. I'm like, what is a comfortable, what is a comfortable position? For everyone listening, I've got a, I've got a uh, slideshow up because why not? I figured it'd be the easiest way to guide us through the episode. Um, And if you, if we can link the slideshow somehow, I'll figure out how to do that. If I can even just take, I'll just even take screenshots of it. So the girls online, you know, the Insta fans can follow. Jamie, would you identify as religious? No. You said spiritual earlier. Love that idea. Okay. So this is being queer religious, uh, being queer and religious, a presentation for my co-host. So Jamie, how many queer people do you think there are in the United States of America? Ooh. Like, total. Okay. Let me let me give you some raw data. What's the... Okay, so like there's what's 300 the... million people, per se, in the United States. 300 million. Okay, I'd probably and say maybe, like, 
10 million. You're actually very close. How did he do that? Did he already read the slide? So according to the Williams Institute, they put out this really good uh, study. I, I can also link it because I was copying and pasting like a devil. Um, nationwide, there are approximately 11.3 million LGBTQ adults. Um, that's adults, um, which is the only thing that really matters here because kids can't make up their own minds. They're their own person, but we don't care what they have to say. I think that that's actually a lot of adults. Wow. wow. That is a lot of, that's a lot of gay people. It is. LGBTQIA people. Um, out of those 11.3 million, about 5.3 of those millions identify themselves as religious. Okay, that's kind of shocking. Is it shocking? Well, I did the math. Out of the 11.3 million LGBTQ people, it would make a 47% amount. 47% of LGBTQ adults in the United States identify themselves as religious. That's almost half. That's just half. Let's be for real. That is half. That's and you, crazy. And you have to think about the polls. Like, these things are probably underrepresenting because a lot of people don't come out and identify as queer or are not polled. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't polled for this. And I know I belong in the LGBTQIA people. So that's a lot of, of gay people that are religious. I can't really do math. So you guys can follow up with me if you need to do it. 40% um, of LGBT adults are between the ages of 18 to 34 are religious. Um, so that's to say that the younger group, 18 to 34, is below the national LGBT average for being religious. So that also makes sense to me. I think that's interesting to point out. I think, obviously, we kind of come from a different political environment the younger kids do. Um, so, clearly, we, we are probably more jaded against religion. I don't, I don't know if I would say necessarily we're jaded against religion. I think a lot of people are coming to understand that, like, religion isn't a must. I feel like definitely kind of when the nuclear family was around in the 1950s and 60s, like, religion was, like, a staple of the household, whereas people are now recognizing, like, Megan the Stallion and popping pussy. And like, hey, like if I didn't like what was going on, I'm not going to force my child or my brother or sister or whoever to go ahead and do that. Yeah. And I that's that's something to say. It's just a changing of times. Because I'll just say it. Say it. Churches are businesses. They are businesses that are tax shields for the rich. <laughs> You're right. They are. You're 100% right. We should say it again for the people in the back. Um, right. Because I think that's another thing. Like we're very, the older or the younger the generation is, the more anti-capitalist we become. Obviously, Gen Z's aren't going to have it. They're like, you can't charge me money. I'm alive and you can't charge me money for that. That's me every day. I feel like I'm being charged to drink air or like breathe. You are. You literally are. You should rise up against your, your government. Um, anyway. Not in, like, a tyrannical January 6th kind of way, but, like, change the whole system. Well, well honey, six... we're taking back January 6th. No, we're not. You can keep it. But here's another interesting t statistic about age. 65% of LGBT adults aged 65 and older are also religious. So that it just confirms our confirmation bias. Um, older people are more likely to be religious than not. Um, not the photo. The photo. Again, we have to link it because yeah, the photos are half the fun. We do have to link um, it. I love it here, and I just thought that was something we needed to know. This was something I wasn't going to do a graphic for. 71% of black LGBT adults are religious. I think there's an interesting overlap of the black demographic in the South as opposed to the North, northern U.S., um, which we should probably do a whole episode on later. I didn't get any data on it. Um, but there, that's a very large number, and I think it's interesting to know. Well, I think because there is also a larger population of 
spiritual people no, in the black community. I was just going to say black Americans who are living in the South. In the South. Well, that's what I mean. I think that's my North. point. It's like, I think the overlapping of where like religious communities are concentrated, which is the U.S. South, and where like black communities are. Oh, yes. yes there's yes, like yes, a okay. large overlap there. 54% of LGBT adults in the South are religious. That also tracks because, again, the South and religion kind of overlap. Um, I think there's a lot to be said there in terms of, like, is there a conflict in interest when you're queer and religious? I would say yes and no. I, I think, think that's it's... the whole question of the whole episode. It's yeah. like I think it's an issue when you are a gay person and maybe your preacher or pastor is using being a part of the LGBTQ community as a weapon and, you know, doing hate speech. I think that's an issue. Like, I mean, if I was in Florida and, like, I was a member of, let's say, I don't know, Rob DeSantis' church. Hot. I would definitely have a fucking issue because he's a piece of shit. And I'm I'm like, you're not educated. The, The stuff that you're saying, where are you getting those facts from? From his ass. I mean, I wouldn't want to go down there. Oof. He probably doesn't wipe his butthole. Yeah, you Does know he that... really have a church? No. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I mean, like, a part of the church of that his... he goes to. Because if he started a church, I'm like, I have to get a t-shirt from their gift shop. Do you think he actually does? He probably... Mm, I don't know. You know he's a t-shirt. He's probably... Well, he's going to run for president, so... Yeah, I hate that about us. About America in general. <laughs> I just... I just don't understand because I'm like, if it doesn't affect you... Let people live how they would like to live. Correct. I mean, but that's also the whole point of being alive as a gay person. Like, why the fuck do you get to say that I get to live or die? Exactly. All right. And I love it. So we know that there's something very gay about the South because Jamie's here. So clearly we know it's a homosexual event. Also, there's something gay about the South. If you guys didn't know, outside of my house, I have a huge sign that says flaming homosexual. Right. And it lights up at night and just points to the house. So like. Yeah. Everybody knows. And every hour on the hour, it shoots a bucket of fried chicken out of the top of the statue. Yes. And by fried chicken, he means, you know, jerking a chicken. I don't understand. Like, are you jerking off a chicken? Or, no. like, jerk chicken? No. There's... Okay. <laughs> you know how, like, there's nuances about, uh, like, saying, like, oh, you're spanking the monkey? Yes. Like, jerking the chicken is another, like... You're, it's a euphemism for masturbating? Yes. Wow. This is highbrow comedy. <laughs> but I think um, you can fry the chicken... That's a euphemism for jacking off, right? Well, also, birds don't have genitals, so... They do have genitals. They don't have outside genitals. Yeah. I mean, we love a good cloaca. <laughs> um, Ooh, okay! <laughs> there's something... I don't know. There's, like, I think... When I think of Southern, I just think of, like... I think of gay men kissing. Maybe that's just me, personally. Well, okay, so... Maybe I'm just dumb, but... In my head, like... The South is also equated to, like, part of the West, which is not correct. So are you giving cowboy realness? Yeah. And oh, so cowboys are gay because of Brokeback Mountain, right? Ca- I mean, what else cowboys is gay are... about the South? That's a good question. You know what's gay about the South? Miss Lawrence from Ross Wives of Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta's gay. And Derek. Sure. I love that for us. I think that um, doing crack cocaine is gay. Does that make any sense to you? I would also maybe say, like, the Piggly Wiggly. Like, that's a very, like, LGBTQ name for a store. The Piggly Wiggly. Oh, honey, I'm going to the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. It was made for Leslie Jordan. Beverly Leslie? Leslie Jordan. Yes, R.I.P. Rip. Right? What a year. What a fucking... Did he die in 2022, too? He did. This this year, this was was the, the paradigm shift. Next year, it's all over. I guarantee it. 
No, next year we need like Republicans to die. Oh, no they're more, dying. No more good, you know. They're 800 years old. Back in my day. That glitter. Okay. Um, so there's something gay about the South. There's something very gay about a re- religion as well. So what what do you think is gay about religion, Jamie? Um, oh, I don't know. The fact that a lot of people run to the church because they think that it's going to help them absolve themselves of their gay material, and instead they're then violating young boys. What, what, what part of that is gay? A lot of clergy, the actual clergy people, people in, in the church are homosexuals, and instead of getting the help that they need and accepting the fact that this is who they are, right. instead of it's a choice... They're then abusing and then starting a cycle of abuse that's going to fuck up so many other people's lives. It's scathingly true. It is. It's true. I also think that the robes that they wear are gay. Yeah, I went hardcore. The just hats then. are gay. You know what I mean? The hats are definitely gay. They're the robes are gay. Mormon boys. I would say drinking out of a gold chalice is a little gay that's as gay. well. Jesus is gay. Jesus, oh my God, his body on the cross. He's girl. very gay, isn't he? There's something so gay about religion that I just cannot get over. He started wearing his hair long for like a man bun before man buns were a thing. Yeah. He's like, I don't need a shirt. No, he Who doesn't. Who needs a shirt? And those sandals, honey. Honey, them Burks give also, it verse bottom. The fact that Jesus everything is, verse bottom. is bedazzled and bejeweled. That is yes, very that's homosexual. so gay. See, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted us to. So that's what I'm. I'm not really gonna make any true factual statements in this whole this whole this presentation. It's just gonna be us talking about how gay religion is. Yeah. Also, sorry, y'all. I definitely went for the juggler earlier. For what? When you said yeah, the altar said, boys. Yeah, the altar boys. Um. So religion is gay, like I said earlier. I think what's strange about religion... I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to hearken back to our earlier episodes, obviously. So Michelangelo, he was very gay, obviously. Clearly. He watched Queer as Folk. You know what I mean? He watched Queer as Folk? Yeah, he was part of the original cast, actually. Michelangelo, the painter. Um, And you see it all the time. I think, like, when he paints his Sistine Chapels... I mean, that they're all depicted all of his Sistine chapels. They always depict. Yeah. It's just like God is ripped. They always have tiny penises. They have tiny wieners. So David, that's not religious. But but... I think that's being accurate to an extent of white people. I feel so bad for her. Um, And it's homoerotic. Religion is very homoerotic, in my opinion. Michelangelo's sculpture of the David. And if you just think about the way that during the Renaissance, certain artists were able to like like the way that they just sculpted the body and like how accurate like you he got up to close his arm you studied that you sampled that you sniffed that you sniffed it it's like girl you, you were it. a homosexual you sucked on it yeah it's true i agree with that even though i think renaissance art is ironically religious because it's like oh well you know we're enlightened in a sense because we don't believe in science or we don't believe in religion as much as we used to but everything in renaissance art is religious i think i think michelangelo was the gayest fag ever but i'm also like who in their right mind what religious story is a gentleman just okay besides adam and eve because that's like obvious but like walking around naked i hope in all of them i mean i want to go to the bible theater nudist colony a gay nudist jesus colony i love that Jesus was obviously gay because he walked around, like we said, with a man bun and his abs out. Like, there's only two gay men in the world, and Jesus is one of them. The other one is Jamie. I Jesus, was going to say it was God, but okay. God is gay. Well, actually, God is a woman, so. She's gay, too. Jesus, he's seen as a man who hang out. He hung out with a whole bunch of other white boys. 
He had 12. I don't want to say white boys, but he hung, he hung out with a whole bunch of other guys. Well, Jesus wasn't white, so. Correct. And he was a Jew also, but in the best possible way, I mean that. Um, I'm obviously anti-Christian Christianity because I've been burned so many times. Oh, well, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't. No, I'm not against Jesus. I'm against his I'm followers. against Christianity, yeah. Because yeah. I think nowadays Christianity, actually, I'm sorry. I'm just going to be real. Hot Christianity. Hate. Christianity has always been negative. If you look at, you know, the trajectory of religion, um, Christianity was really popular. And then actually Islam started to become just as equally popular. And so the crusade started where the Romans would go and pillage villages. So the religion would stop and then they would start converting people to Christianity. And for me, a lot of the outspoken members of society right now who are against the LGBT community are a part of the Christian church. It's nothing but hate. It's not like you're actually using the words of God for good. Like where in, you know, the Bible did it say, go shoot up a club because people have a different way of life than you. Nowhere. It doesn't say that. Not even in the Kings James's New Testament version. And I think a lot of the problem is too, is a lot of clergy members don't actually read the scripture, they go off what the preacher says. And a lot of times what the preacher is saying is incorrect because they have their own insecurities. It's almost as if they use the word of the Bible and twist it to reflect their own personal values, even though those might be morally corrupt in modern day society. Ding dong. Oh my God, I love it here. Well, Jesus would never be okay with that, obviously. He is, he vouches for his neighbor. He doesn't want you to die. He doesn't believe you should die for being alive. Jesus is a communist. Plot twist. Jesus comes back as a gay man. He never... He didn't come back as a gay man. He, he was, was a He gay was man. a gay man. And and Mary was his fruit fly, obviously. You think bisexual? I definitely think he was bisexual. I don't know. Sounds gay to me. It does. Sounds it is gay. very gay. <laughs> and I just also want to point out that there's a lot of toxic traits within, like, homosexuality, too. Which we had an episode on... on um, on toxic masculinity. It was season um, two, episode 10, if you guys want to go listen. Wow, I can't believe you have that memorized. Girl, I'm, this is my life. I love, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus was gay. So that's another thing that I think is really, it, there's a lot of irony within homosexuality and being queer. This is obviously all for fun because you can still feel it deeply and spiritually. I don't understand it personally. The only thing I understand feeling deeply and spiritually is it a is dick. A penis. Yes. Um, and obviously, religious art is always, like, homoerotic because, you know. I mean, it's like everybody's dressed to the nines. Everybody has, like, the perfect or idea of body. they're not dressed body. at all. Yeah, literally. Like, if, like, even the birth of Venus, that's a little, like. She's so queer. Yeah. I could do a whole episode on that, actually. There's there's discourse on the internet about how queer the Venus is. I love, I love it. We have to do an art history one. We should. We haven't done an art history one in a long... And I think a lot of religion has these inherently, like, toxic masculine traits to it. So that's something else we can talk about. I think when you're asked to, especially in Southern religion, it's all about family. Like you said, nuclear families. It's about a family dynamic involving where, like, the man is everything in the house. He also has to do everything, which is also toxic as hell. And then everyone else is, like, subservient to him, which is so fucked up. Like, if you want to be submissive and breedable, just put it on the internet and pay, charge money for it. You I don't also, have to join a religion. I thought about two more things that make the church gay. How would we overlook this? One, getting down on your knees and Daddy, praying. and worshiping daddy. And also calling the head of the church father. Yeah, I know. It's literally inherently homosexual. Isn't that not fantastic? I thought that my entire life. I'm like, so I'm supposed to put him in my mouth. 
and be thankful for and it. And just slosh him around a little bit. Honey, I am the wine. Honey, you trying to get me fucked up. Can you imagine if you go up for, like, communion and you're like, thanks, daddy. <laughs> I literally I mean, have seen a video where that happens. Of, like, um, Mormon boys. I'm, I'm telling you. Either that or another one that exists on the internet. And like I said earlier, you should go back and listen to the Toxic Masculinity episode. Because I think we might have talked about religion in that episode, but we should do a crossover sometime. Because obviously it is very homosexual. And who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't construe making out with yourself every once in a while? I love the Jesus making out with himself. That's so hot. I would definitely pay to watch that. Um, yeah, so, but let's not ignore the, the fact that despite being religious, people are still shunned. And, and I mean LGBTQIA people specifically. If they're religious, especially in the South, but all over the world, if you're religious, you are also kind of like a black sheep within the religion. You might be kind of accepted, but everyone still puts you in your own bubble. Or you're just completely, you know, tabooed in, in the community, which is horrible. You're de- I think it's definitely a taboo because I think a lot of people are like, oh, you're LGBTQ, which means you must be like super open, you know, all of this stuff. And then people are like, oh, you're religious. Ooh, I got to take a step back. And I just don't think that should be the thing, because if if religion offers you some sort of comfort, happiness, um, groundedness, then I don't think there is an issue with that, especially because you understand coming from a persecuted background, you're not going to be doing the persecution if you adhere to your religious beliefs. It's true. I mean, it's just sad to me. I think it poses a lot of questions. That's a, I think my biggest hindrance with religion is just the absolute denial of, like, the queer identity or the queer humanity. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of churches say that they're accepting, but they never make any sort of actual effort to include queer people. They don't go out of their way and be like, yes, you are also accepted. There is all also like clear evidence that their religion is built against the existence of queer people. You know what I mean? Well, it, honestly, so that's my, I mean, obviously that's my biggest hurdle because I'm like, I can't get over it. Like I'm not, I'm allowed in the club, but I'm inherently like demonized the by the club. club. Yeah. It makes me interested there. I know there's a church. I'm not going to say it where we live. But there's a lot of churches that are like, we accept queer people, which and is it, lovely. It makes me interested to see how like their queer members interact with the community or how their sermons would. I mean, I don't think their sermons would go any differently. Um, Maybe they're not as vitriolic and hate. You know what I mean? But it, it makes me interested to how that it would like go along. Sure. Like, how do you exist in that community? Like, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to know when we made the poll is like, as a queer, like a religious queer person, what is your viewpoint of being in in the community? And I kind of wanted the twenty twenty exp- expose. Oh, they duct tape us to chairs and beat us with hoses. Like that's what I wanted. And I know and that's by not the hoses case. you mean their own cocks. Right? I would hope so. Worship me, Sky Daddy. But again, I I brought up all of this information just because I am again at a loss for words. Um, when it comes to defining the religious experience as a queer person, don't you feel like? the church is against you. That's my biggest concern. Don't you feel like the entire religion is written against you? But I guess that's not the case. Cause again, millions and millions of people are queer and religious. That's fantastic for them. And I love that. I don't know. I guess I don't know if necessarily the church is against us. I just think people who have a problem with our community are weaponizing what's said in the Bible, because, like, let's be real, the Bible was translated. It wasn't originally written in English. And the saying is, another man shall not sleep with a man. 
but the original translation was a child. Right. Which I'm so mad that I didn't put a slide in my presentation about that because I think about that all the time. I think the most recent translation was like in 1950 and it changed. I mean, I think they changed that specific verse well over a hundred years ago, probably hundreds of years ago. But that's my point. It's you said it exactly right. They use the verse to weaponize the word of the Lord, the word of this religion against an entire demographic of people. And that to me is genocidal. I can't get my head around it. According to the Pew Research Center in 2014, National Congregations Studies find that more church acceptance of gays and lesbians occurs or is happening than ever before. Um, which I guess relatively that makes sense. More people are educated, connected with the world. They know that if they do speak on their dumb, stupid prejudices, then they're going to get shot down. But to me, I'm also like, and this is very the cynic in me, are they accepting more gays and lesbians because they have to? Because they don't have the numbers that they used to? Yes. And here's why. Because you can get canceled. Yeah. And you said earlier that churches are businesses. If you don't have an attendance at a church, you don't have a church. Mm-mm. Unless you're like a rich person and the church is a tax shelter. So there's a caveat to that. But obviously, you're right. You're totally right. Um, but hold your horses because here's the problem. Not chowder. <laughs> yes, I had to include chowder in here. Um, just because overall within the congregation, and I this polled a few different denominations. This was in 2014, so it's been a minute. Um since then, there has been so much anti-LGBTQ speech within the political scene. And we talked about the South being uh, an anomaly within queerdom, religion, but it's also uh, an anomaly within the, po- po- the political theater. We have a lot of conservative, a lot of right-wing, insane people. The South is just where it's at for everything bad or good. <laughs> um, but... As we've had, you know, an emergence in hate speech, Elon bought Twitter and said, you can say whatever you want. And so... But then was banning people who were... Talking about him. We could do a whole episode on that, too. I would love to. I would love to just fucking shit on Elon for an hour. Um, We're going to obviously see more of a rejection in the church as time progresses from this point on, just because of the the rise in hate speech in the public theater, in, in the political you know, arena or whatever you want to call it. So really within the community that already kind of hates you, maybe you're getting more accepted. You're allowed to walk in the building and worship with everyone, but will you be treated the same? I don't know. I don't know if that's the same thing. I don't really know if it is. Um, But again, I'm not in the church. Jamie, have you gone back to church in the past few years? No, no, no. I just, to me, I just haven't had an interest in, um, necessarily going to church I just don't think that at my current point in life it has anything um for me to like to offer it it also kind of makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um we were just recently in Nashville and obviously Nashville is a very religious place Tennessee is a very religious place and um, we were at a venue and someone came out and was singing and our God is an awesome God um, he like would pause and like talk about like how the state of the world is in, you know, decomposition and we're in such a bad place and like how the Lord and Savior is the only one that's going to make us get through it. And everyone kind of was like applauding and cheering and like, have you seen Ariana Grande on YouTube? 
no, has the it, same effect. It will. It just made me uncomfortable because I'm like, you're forcing something down somebody's throat. Like you don't know the demographic that's in. The, well, obviously he knew the demographic that was in the crowd, but it, it just like it, it gives me goosebumps and not in a good way. Yeah, I agree with you. I think going back to the statistics where so many LGBTQIA people self-identified as religious that surprised me because i feel like we have a much more i don't want to say jaded but we have a much more um traumatic experience not even that i think we have a, a informed emotional experience because we have to develop ourselves against the current of you know normal like we have to realize that we're gay we have to realize that it's okay and we're human still you know we have to do all that emotional development so when you say there's just this man saying the only one who can save us is a fictional or fictional to many people in the sky character that to me is where i get like very weirded out by how many gay and lgbtqi people are religious because we had to we had to figure out that it's okay just to exist as we are you know what i mean we didn't need any other validation from god or any other religion do you know what i mean does that make any sense it does and it, it also kind of like i guess at the beginning i was like oh that didn't that didn't surprise me but i guess it also does because i'm also like we as a community i think are like the most talked about like no matter what it is but i'm also like let's not focus on us Jamie said, let's we're focus so on popular. like the real problems homelessness like access to health care the price of health care like food insecurity like issues like that that are more pressing like yes i'm not negating the fact that we as people need our rights and everything but i'm also like like women's rights right now is like also a very important issue like let's fix that shit okay? fix that shit Fix well, that shit. Google I agree it, with bitch. you. I agree with you 100%. That, I mean, it's, it is silly at the end of the day. And we know that because we are gay and we know we're not the Antichrist. Like, I woke up this morning and farted and picked my nose like everyone else. Like, I don't have a gay agenda. My gay agenda is to not jump off the roof of my house. The gay agenda works, okay? And it that's does why work. people are upset, because it works. It, it does work. Um, It absolutely does. I think, uh, what was I going to say here? Hold on, I have some more slides. I just did a lot of gifts because I was like, that'll spice it up. Um, Yeah, and obviously in politics, people use a religion to weaponize politics. They use their religion to weaponize their personal agenda. We know that happens. We see it every day, especially in the South, but in America as a whole. Like, we're terrified here. We hate it here. Um, if you're from Europe, please come and pick me up. Triggered. And also, I don't want to go there either. Like, they're they're not any better. so, and I guess that's all to say that it is a complex, like, e- ecosystem. The human mind is. You can be gay and religious, and I understand that those two things overlap all the time. But that's why I wanted, like, instead of talking about, like, how bad or how good being religious is as a queer person, I wanted to more talk about the objective side of it, which is that it exists, and people deserve to have religion, because to me, religion, spirituality is the sub, like, the the zoomed out view like everyone is spiritual i think in some way um if you're not you're a psychopath um but only a few not a few people but only a smaller group within that group are actually religious and i think religion to me has taken on this like cult like stance it's very you have to agree with us you have to drink the kool-aid and to me i just can't get with that but i know so many people do so many people find so much solace in it which I love, but it's hard not to be defensive against something that's weaponized against your very existence. That's my point of view of the whole episode. And I think that's why I'm 
excited to analyze a little bit of the results that we got back from the poll because I don't like that's something that I just can't wrap my head around because I'm not in that space that these other people are. Aren't you glad we asked religious people who are queer? Okay, so we asked seven questions to a very small, a very elite group of people. Yeah, these are our true queer wigs. These are the true queer wigs. Um, (laughs) So we asked people where they're from, essentially, what your denomination. I couldn't think of the word. So we asked people their, where they were born, their religious domina- denomination. Most everyone that re- everyone that responded to us is from the Southeast or North Carolina because we don't have any friends. And the three friends that we do have did the the, um, the poll for us. Uh, a lot of, obviously, predominantly Christian, all Christian. So keep that in mind. These probably were all white people. I can't tell for sure, but let's be for real. Southern Baptist, Presbyterian, which if you don't know Presbyterian... I don't know how to describe it. I think it's like, it's like a middle class waspy version of Baptist, it's, but with less food and singing. I would say, yeah, Presbyterian is just a more relaxed version of what Baptist is. Just like Episcopalian, Episcopalian. is a less strict version of Christianity. Yeah. But you can probably still drink and be your wife. Um, so one of our questions was, did you ever experience abuse within the setting of the church relating to your sexual identity? That was something that I focus on. Obviously there's so much mental and possibly physical abuse that goes on within the church, um, against gay people because they're like the black sheep. Why wouldn't they target them? That's horrible to say. The next question that we had was, did you ever experience any type of abuse in a church regarding your sexual identity? You know, two of the responses said no. Um, and then another one said that the two churches I was a part of during my high school experience were welcoming, but then taught that homosexuality was bad and it was a sin, which is basically saying that a person's identity is wrong, even though you're directly, you're directly targeting someone because you can obviously identify that that person is LGBTQ. And I will say, at least in my own experience in the church, I actually was an altar boy, um, I did not experience it in any way either. Um, I mean, the the pastor of the church was super welcoming. He was just a very, like, re- like relaxed guy. Um, so it's nice to see that there are also these responses, but I know there is the other end of the spectrum where people do experience that kind of negativity Obviously. towards them. But again, we had three people respond to our poll, so that's something... Which that... I think is great. I we love great. you for it. We love you. Um, what made you question your faith as a queer person for the first time, if ever? I should have said that. Uh, whether or not you knew of your sexuality at that time. So that's my question. I I think for a lot of queer people, you have a reckoning, and it makes you it makes you choose between being a spiritual person or not. You say, is this really real for me? Do you know what I mean? And and I think within my at a young age, since my parents are kind of heady thinkers in a way, they were they made me question religion in a way that I never thought I would, and. And to me, there's not a payout for religion. There's nothing comforting for for me there. Words don't really comfort me like that. Um, so that was kind of my inspiration for the question. And I think a lot of gay people are like, if I'm gay and not accepted, then maybe what they're saying isn't the truth. And so that's kind of my point of view, um, if that makes any sense. Um, I think it's actually the reverse. Okay. Um, I think for a lot of queer people, it's like, if I come out as my true self... I will be cut off from everything that I've come to know. So it's like, obviously I'm going to deny myself those feelings because the other things are more important. Um, I definitely know that like when I was growing up, like even though when I came out, my parents like 
were very accepting. We're like, yeah, like I knew. But when I was in the church, I felt like there is something wrong with me. There was a lot of times where I was like, why can't I like model my behavior after like what my brother is doing? Or like, why can't I be interested in the stuff that he's interested in? Girls. And like, yeah. And like, China. And like, I do at sometimes I, I wished that I wasn't gay. Like I could just like flip it. Like it was a switch and it's not a switch. It, it's not a choice. Trust me. You don't, you don't wake up and choose dick that hard. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, I mean, Ooh. we do, but you don't just do that. Um, yeah. So I'll read a few of these. I started questioning and I started questioning it specifically in regards to gay issues because of my best friend who is gay. Again, this is another thing. I don't think this person, I don't know who said that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask them to out themselves, but the fact that they have that purview to be like, that person's being bullied for who they are. I don't like that. That's something that gay people develop faster in their life because they are gay. I'm sorry, but it's true. So I love this answer. I think it's very telling. Um, I was in a, de- I was in denial about my sexuality, but he was out and being treated badly. Exactly. That's my point. I think gay people develop emotional maturity way faster. And LGBTQIA, when I say gay, I shouldn't say gay, but I encompass that whole group. We have to develop emotional maturity before our straight friends do. I'm sorry, but we do. Even our straight family. Someone else said, finally allowing myself to accept this part of myself and realizing how it felt right and how much it just made me it how much it made sense how could this piece of me that fits be so displeasing to god i love this answer because the thing that makes me so incredibly enraged about religion is the fact that in the bible it says god makes everybody in his own image so that means there is going god to is be gay. a diverse population of different people and if you're telling me that God made me wrong. How is that correct? Because in the Bible, you're going to tell me that says, I'm wrong. I was made in His own image. Right. It's so true, and it, it just makes me mad. You it, know, it's so conflicting that it's infuriating. It's like the rules only make sense to people who make the rules. Yeah. Let's be for real. I went to a Bible school and read the Bible ten times in a year. I read it from the perspective of the original authors and readers, and it became clear that the message that the book should send is all are worthy of love. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point, right? Especially in Christianity, that's what, like you said, it grinds my gears that Christianity is like the neighbor religion. It's like to love your neighbor. It's to treat your neighbor well. And every Christian that I know who proudly says they're a Christian, is mean. they don't believe in immigrants. They are like, you're not allowed to immigrate to the United States if you need it. They don't believe in refugees. They don't believe in abortion to help a woman in a medical need or even emotional need. They don't believe in treating people correctly. Another reason that I'm so jaded against religion so someone else could think of an answer for that that question. Um, something I'm really interested to know is after queer people have their religious kind of like catas- mental catastrophe, are you still religious? Do you still consider consider yourself to be religious um, in light of negative experiences linked to the church or linked to organized religion as a whole? Like a lot of churches that turn out to be complete and total shams. There's a lot of good YouTube conspiracy theories and YouTube videos on like mega churches that always like fumble the ball. It's so delicious. Someone said, I'm still a Christian. I have a great church that is fully affirming of the LGBTQIA community. This church is also good on other social political issues. It's a gem. It's a gem in the South. So I think that's probably, you know, it's an exception, but I'm happy it exists. You're happy that religion exists? No, I'm happy that a church exists, like, here in the in the Southeast that can be accepting to our people <laughs> and have, you know, progressive political views yeah because not not many of them exist is what i mean 
a lot of people also responded to this as being just spiritual, not religious, which I think is a very important telling factor of the cute, like the queer community. We're all spiritual, aren't we? I mean, we have the ghost of like coming our asshole, so yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> not that kind of spiritual. That's just gas. If you still consider yourself to be religious, what keeps you grounded in your faith? I think that was a good question because I want to know like why are you staying there? Yeah. Um, and then someone literally just said, not taking it too seriously. Well, they said not applicable. Someone else was like, I don't have an answer for this. And obviously my friends at church, like, yes, of course, if you develop a community within the church, that's your lifeline. And it's, and, but that's my point is like the church can also excommunicate someone for being gay. And that's like their entire family. You know what I mean? That's their whole world. Sometimes if they, they can't see who's in church, then that destroys their life. But also like, to that extent, like, it's like the... The church is one thing, but the connections that you make inside or outside of the church are more important. So if you do get excommunicated from the church, doesn't mean you still can't be friends with the people that are in the church. Because obviously Heather they Gay. still... Yeah. <laughs> nope. No, Whitney Rose. Oh, Whitney Rose. Okay, gotcha. And I think the last question was, do you have advice for queer people out in the world who remain in the church or struggle with reconciling with their spiritual beliefs or with their own identity? Jamie, can you answer that question, actually, before we go through the, the user's responses? Um, yeah, I would just basically say... Don't look at the answers. You have to answer it organically. I would basically say if you are a person who finds religion helpful to you, fully stay in it, but just remember at the end of the day, if they treat you like shit, that's not a place that you need to be. You need to be in an environment that's positive, that's going to be affirming to you, and you can build your network outside of the church. The church isn't the end-all, be-all. I know it might be difficult, given the circumstance that you might be in, however your web of connections is tied to the church. Yeah, it might be rough if you, you know, start to sever those, but at the same time, only give back what you're given. So if you're giving shit, you don't want to continue that. If you're giving love and affirmation somewhere else, feed into that because it will change your life and you'll be in a whole new headspace. What if I do want to give shit? Well, then you need to find friends who are just going to give it right back to you okay. because that's how true friends are. Um. So you said it so well. I think I agree with you. I think it's just about affirmation. Someone was very insightful and said that on our responses, find a fully affirming church and community or don't go to church at all. Because True. I think what I think one thing that this this poll really didn't delineate between was religion and spirituality and I think again, queer people can be very spiritual without the presence of a church there. We know that because we have a lot of witchy friends and, you know, alternative religious friends. But if you're queer and you find yourself within the Christian, you know, arena, you don't have to go to church to still be a Christian. Do you know what I mean? You can worship in your own way. And you can be a, like, you can be a good Christian without going to yeah. church. Good Christians can give good head. Like, it, they're not exclusionary. Or good whole. Right, exactly. Denying so much of myself until later in life has left me feeling stunted. I lost a lot of my community this year. And at 28, I feel like I'm starting all over. Humans are made for companionship, so finding community is vital. While I personally am not interested in church or religious organizations, there are many progressive and affirming churches 
gaychurch.org has an archive of affirming churches. That's actually a great resource. Okay. Whoever put that in, thank you for that. But that's what I'm saying. So even though it's hard to cut off that community, it's for the benefit of the person. Correct. And you can still find a like-minded community. And you know, whoever responded to the answer, I applaud you so much for also putting a res- putting like a resource there for other people who might be going through the same things. Also message us because like co-host girl. You are... Your community's here. Queer wigs are here for you. That's right. We're in your ear. Keep your ears open to listen to other people like you. Not all churches are the same. That's also something I have to learn. Not all churches are the same. No, they're not. They're not all tax shelters for Ron DeSantis. So... True. Most of them are, though. (laughs) Jamie, I think you added this to the poll. Please place your answer to the questions if you raised any above. And the question was, do you have any other questions? Right? I forget what this question was for. Um, So the reason I... Uh, added the open-ended, please place your answers to the questions you raised if you feel comfortable. I think it was just more of like an open-ended question. Like if they were going through the poll and they had any questions that they wanted to raise or, you know, more explain, then they had the, you know, right to do so. And they could further give us a bigger insight into how religion has played in their personal lives. One one of the uh, comments here, which really broke my heart was... um, I sat with my heart aching in rooms where people were praying for others, knowing one day these conversations might be about me. And that's so true. Again, that's something I can't get over. That's the hurdle within religion that just bothers me so much about being queer. Um, because, like they said, one day they're going to you know, reach out and say, gays shouldn't have the right to live, which is horrible. Um, oh my God, this is so deep. It says... It made me feel like a dishonest person with so much to hide, and I still find myself wondering which parts are true and which are fabricated. I feel disconnected from who I am. There's so much here. I grieve for losing my faith, and I grieve the years lost to religion because I was too afraid to be without it. I miss the friends I had, even though they would not love me for me. That's insane, right? And that's that's the kind of like psychological warfare that religion inadvertently community. correct and that's my point like it is weaponized it people don't weaponize it it is weaponized against us and that's to me is if you're supposed to be in a house or a place of love but is then demonizing a community that you belong to that is not something that you need to subscribe to be a part of because at the end of the day what you're doing internally to yourself is going to be so much worse Right. There's so much more damage underneath the surface, obviously. And we know that, which is harkening back to the the right-wing speech. That's the same way that religion works against us. It's just right-wing speech. I'm glad this person was able to remove themselves from that traumatic situation. And I'm glad that it sounds like they are healing. I hope they are healing and I love them. That's it. I love it here. Um... That was a deep episode, I, but I wanted to talk about it in a way that wasn't just dismissive to religion in the first place, because that's so hard for me. I learned a lot this episode. Yeah, I I know for the queer wigs who have been with us in season one, we did do an episode on religion, but it was more kind of demonizing religion. and <laughs> Because it's hard not to. It is hard not to, and I know that we got a little bit into it this episode, but I also think we were able to approach a subject with more of an open mind and really understand where people are coming from for those who may still be in the church or have left the church since. So I I learned a lot, especially a lot. about the demographic in the South for um, queer those, people. Those you numbers. know what? I would be really interested to see what the demographic would have been if we still had the people from the age generation that we lost. Well, it would have been exponentially higher, right? I don't know. 
It would have, because we would have had more people. Well, I mean, like, those who are still tied to religion. Right. Well, that's a good point, too. Maybe if we weren't let down so massively in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. We would have more, like, daddies preaching. And when we're done here, y'all can suck my dick behind the pulpit. Amen. Okay. Do you have any other closing thoughts, Jamie? I would say, honestly, I guess this just episode has made me more think about my own kind of religious experience and maybe where I might want to go in the future. I didn't know it would... Missionary school? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it would kind of, like, stir up certain emotions that I've had from the past. But I would also like to say that you are a spicy little bitch because when I first met Jamie, he was on a, like, Instagram campaign against his Catholic college. I still have those emotions. You should. Um, I am going to touch base back with my um, school, I believe this year, because we do have a new head a headmaster. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe the fact that she's not a sister, that might also skew maybe their perception to be like, yeah, we can open up marriages. I also know we're still in kind of a weird time because we're still in COVID. Um, but I do think if you are in a certain place, which is kind of what I did, I was in a place where I was unhappy that I was a part of a certain institution that kind of condoned or dismissed the LGBTQ population. I mean, my school was 60 or it was, yeah, 60. When I went, it was 60% female, 40% male, but I believe about half of the male population identified as gay. And that is a very large population. So for you to give certain rights to other groups over, you know, people who are very prominent in your own community, that's need, someone needs to stand up. And that's why as queer people we're here is to stand up and be a voice for those who might feel scared, frightened, or in certain situations where they can't really enact out. Very true. I mean, we have to, well, you talked about the AIDS generation dying and I think there were a lot of good leaders that were lost in the AIDS generation, you know? And I think that's part of our legacy is having the, the guts to stand up for what's right. But there's a lot of different fighting rings. Like, we're fighting the religious ring. We're fighting just the exist, you know, alive. What is the expression? Like, there's so much emotional work that gay people have to do because we have to educate the public the fact that we're human beings and deserve to live. But we also have to fight the political fights, the religious fights. We have to fight the family fights. There's so much going on all the time. And I think there's a lot of pressure on us, but it is the right thing to do is to stand up and be like, you can't fucking tell us that we can't worship whoever the fuck we want to, obviously, just to make it known. Because I think a lot of people take it for granted. I just can't wait for the day where the torches are lit, where we don't have to continually do this. Well, we gotta start throwing bricks, bitch. I know. Alright, well, here's to a brick throw in 2023. I'm tired as hell. <laughs> Already. Well, goodbye! Goodbye! Hey, Queerwigs. Jamie here. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. Now that you've heard our voices, we want to hear yours. So leave a review and rating on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite streaming platform. And go follow us at Queers in Your Ears on Instagram. Goodbye, Queerwigs.